T-S-N-Y. Recording, folks. Uh, Lean is already exasperated with me because <laughs> I told her uh, when we got on right before I hit record. I said, "By the way, you just lost the game, and so did everyone listening to this. I don't care that you hate me; it fuels me." Uh, anyway, uh, what's up? How you feeling? How's it going, Lean? Can't stand you, but other than that, I'm. <laughs> oh, and Tottenham lost today too. I'm in, I'm having an awful day. Like the weather is miserable, it absolutely is miserable. Disgusting outside yeah. today. Like I literally just want to sit in my bed and cry for no reason. And then Tottenham lost in the group stage of the Europa League. Who do they play um, again? Royal Antwerp. They're like they're a Belgian team. Wow. I mean, valiant effort by them. They played amazing. But... Look, I, I'm not one to talk because Everton turned in their worst performance that I have seen in literal years against <laughs> Southampton last weekend. <laughs> and now we got to play Leeds of all teams this weekend. That's going to be a fun. I'm actually looking forward to that. It's going to be a where fun. Game. Everton's going to get destroyed. Like, Don't say that. No, nah, we're going to. No, nah, Luca's not. We're. Luca Dean and Richarlison are both out. The entire defense is injured. Yeah. Uh, I'm, ugh, I'm not looking forward to that, to that game. I mean, no, no, it'll be fun. I'm sure. Um, Ancelotti yelled at them, so they'll be a bit better. I hope so, man. Yeah. No pasta for anybody this this week. <laughs> anyway, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, how was your week otherwise since we last recorded exactly a week ago? Pretty uneventful, but uh, I thought that you might be entertained by this. I was uh, scrolling through TikTok the other day, and do you know the show Love Island? <laughs> um, wait, Love Island, that's the, um, that, uh, like, it, it's the it's the English dating show where they get a bunch of singles on an island yeah, and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, there, there's like a US version now, but yeah, like I the OG seen, is the British. I, I haven't seen either version of that, but uh, <laughs> God, a year ago, Caitlin and I, um, we took the bait that Netflix showed us and watched Love is Blind. Oh my gosh. How oh, was that? That is a that is a few weeks of my life that I'm never going to get back. Yeah, it's weird. It got so like hyped up, but well, then the people that I know who watched it hated it. So I got well, confused. Look, I look, here's what I'll say about Love is Blind. The concept of the show is great because you're forced <laughs> to like date people with a partition between you. It's right. like it's like blind speed dating. It, like, right, I, don't, right. I don't I don't know if you ever like did anything like that in college at all, but you get no, I've never done it, but uh, you know, but, yeah, like, yeah, but you're but you're concept. Yes, exactly. So so uh, yeah, because I, I did I did speed in a couple of times in college and it was set up so confusingly that nobody really matched with each other because nobody right. really knew what to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't don't ask 18, 19 year olds to speed day. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, I can they no, they're complete they're children, they're completely immature. Do not ask them to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, um, but anyway, so I think the concept of Love is Blind is great, and that's what that's what hooked us initially. Right. But then when you watch it, it, it's no different than watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Right, right. They, they got like that trashy, like super realistic filter, so it's like you're actually there. Oh gosh, they yeah. like, e- like everyone there has fake blonde hair and is super dramatic. <laughs> yeah, I heard like, that. They, yeah. There's always these blow-ups that you know for a fact the producers are stirring the pot like when the cameras are off. It's it's terrible. 
Oh and I, and I, I can't imagine Love Island is much different, but. So like, you will never find a bigger hater of reality shows in general, but like these kind of shows in particular. But for yeah. some reason, I just love Love Island. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. And the people on there, in my opinion, are dumber than like most people on most other shows. Yeah. But, uh, and this is exactly why. So I was, um, I was like scrolling through TikTok and then there's this page that shows like funny and embarrassing clips from like, I don't know, shows, I get reality shows. And the clip that I saw was from one of the later seasons of Love Island, something I hadn't seen yet. And it was like all of the girls in the house were like sitting outside and chatting together and stuff. And one of the girls, I guess, just looking for something to talk about goes, what do you think of Brexit? And I immediately knew this was going to turn into a disaster. I think, yeah, I remember seeing this clip on Twitter. Oh my God, you so, oh, so it went viral. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and the girl's like, what? Like one of them was like, what, yeah. are you what is that? And she's like trying to explain. They're like, yeah, like Britain is going to leave Europe. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I will tell you right now, there are some reality shows that I know for a fact you would love. Like what? Okay, let me ask you this question first. Do you enjoy traveling in any capacity? Yeah, of course. Watch Amazing Race. Uh, I've, I've watched Amazing Race. I don't like it. Uh, when did you watch Amazing Race? Uh, years ago. It's been, it's been a minute. Oh, okay, okay. Here's what I will say about Amazing Race. There are absolutely some seasons that are better than others. Mm -hmm. And as a result, uh, there are some seasons where the teams where you're like, I hate all these people. Caitlin and I are now binging Amazing Race for the second time. Like oh we, are, we are absolutely going to, going to um, apply to be on the show at some point. I was going to um, say, you need to be on that. We, no, we actually really want to be. <laughs> um, so there's, because we just, we're in season three right now. So we'd finished season two, I think yesterday. Okay. Uh, and I remember season two, like, because uh, the episode kicks off, you know, they, they introduce all the teams mm. and we're like, we don't really like anybody here mm -hmm. and then like and so i'll say this i will find a season of amazing race for you to watch that actually is good i like season three is one of my favorites mm -hmm. so watch that and it's one of those seasons where if you're not vibing with any of the teams with any with any of the season in one particular season like four yeah. or five six whatever skip it right right I yeah it, it's, it's not about it's not about bonding with the teams it's about enjoying the trip with them Right. Okay. Like, I, like I've become obsessed with it to the point where they say, oh, they have to travel X amount of miles by train to, the, uh, to this city. I'm on my phone on Google Maps looking up, okay, from this spot in Morocco to that spot in Morocco by train. Da -da. Oh, man, that's a 15-hour trip. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and also, um, if you like cooking shows at all, MasterChef is the most tolerable, I found, just because it's, it's mm -hmm. watching everyday people cook. You no, know, I actually used to watch MasterChef. My brother is, like, obsessed with cooking shows. He's been since he was, like, but can uh, he cook? He can very, very well. All right, me and Safe throwing down. Let's do this. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, you and I need to throw down. I'm, I'm a better cook than Safe now. He's been out of the game for some time. Nice. Uh, uh, all right. Anyway, reality TV. Oh yeah. Oh, I just want to point out it is pouring rain outside today. I still went to the farmers market and did a oh and did a full. Gosh, that is dedication. Yeah, I got a. I went to the market and got bagels. And the market didn't turn out to be that much of a chore because because of the rain, um, a bunch of people did not show up today. 
Okay, that, so there you go. And, Everything has pros and cons. Yeah, and last thing before we get down to business, folks, it is Halloween here on Yankees Mets Express. Oh, yeah, by the way, you're listening Spooky to Yankees season. Mets Express with... Uh, we didn't with, even uh, do introductions. Yeah, I'm Josh. I'm, you're here with... Here, uh, Lean is here with me. Uh, oh, and uh, also because of this cold rainy day, I'm drinking hot cocoa today. I am, oh, I, I would kill for some. I'm drinking green tea. I am, I am fully eight years old right now. I went to the store the other day uh, just to get more K-cups for my coffee. Apparently, Dunkin' Donuts hot chocolate is now available in K-cups. So in my garden, look, I am not lying. Oh, my God. I'm literally buying that. No, no, no. Hang, hang tight right here. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, my God. Right, coming back. Coming back. Do you guys hear this? Dunkin' Donuts hot chocolate and K-cups. That's my dream. Oh, my gosh. And I dropped my Oh my goodness. Are yeah. you, wait, how does it taste? It tastes like Dunkin' Donuts hot chocolate. Oh my God. Where did you buy that? From the market? Uh, no, I got that at um, Food Town. It's like our, it's like our- Yeah, I know a Food Town. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, I need to go to my supermarket. Yeah, but hot chocolate in keeping with spooky season, we're gonna have some Halloween fun here on <laughs> Yankees Mets Express. Here it comes. Oh my goodness. I am wearing my Darth Vader mask right now, and I can't even hear when you pull my headphones apart. This is pretty. This goes with the whole evil empire thing, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm gonna take a screenshot of this just so we can like put it, just so I can put it on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, Here we go, taking the screenshot, and there it is. Don't forget to smile. Okay. Anyway, now we have to actually do work. I am so sorry to all of our listeners. I swear I'm not a child. I can't find my hat anywhere. And we love it. Yeah, all right, whatever. It is what it is. I'm doing the show hatless today with my dumbass buzz cut. Wow. Anyway. No, no, your haircut looks good. Yeah, I am. I still have not mastered, quite mastered the art of at-home haircutting. Oh, you did that yourself? Yeah. With, good with job. An assist, with an assist from Caitlin. No, you, you guys did a pretty good Thanks. job. Yeah. Thanks. All right, anyway, so... Anyway, let's get down to business, folks. Um, uh, later, po uh, later point in the show, we are going to do what we did last week, where we're going to talk about payroll. Last week, we did the Mets. This time, it's the Yankees. But first, we have to talk about how two days ago on Tuesday night, the Los Angeles Dodgers beat the Tampa Bay Rays in Game 6 of the World Series, first world title since 1988. That was one of the best World Series games I've watched in a very long time. Yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of I, for me, the gold standard is the 2016 World Series, uh, Cubs mm. Indians, just because my reasoning yeah, was so good. My reasoning was no matter who wins, a curse is broken. The Cubs or the Indians win. It's a great everybody. That's wins. very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and right <laughs> afterward, I was texting on my friend Max, who works for MLB Advanced Media. I said to him, besides 2011, when David Freese went crazy, we're probably mm. not going to see a better World Series in our lifetime. Now, this year wasn't that good. 2017, I, we can't talk about because the Astros cheated, and it was a slugfest. Nobody likes slugfests. Right, right. Um, but no, that, watching the 2020 World Series lean for me, it was almost like watching a chess match. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. I think some games were better than others, um, but the game six, that was really, really fun to watch. Yeah, um, th there were a couple of, I guess, technically blowout wins in this series, but there was no yeah. one, there was no one game, even game one, which where the Dodgers won by a wide margin. It wasn't necessarily a laugher, you know? Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you. Yeah, I noticed the same thing, which is pretty good. I understand. Unfortunately, I was upset to see this World Series ratings were completely were abysmal, but um, 
I mean, you know, it's still nice that the games weren't I mean, outs or whatever. I mean, look, um, a lot people were expe- uh, exceptionally uh, turned off of baseball this year because half of the fun of watching baseball is the energy in the crowd. Oh yeah, and, and sure. when there's nobody there on TV, it kind of takes away from it. Even though you want to, you want to know what else I noticed, and yeah. I wanted to like ask you your thoughts on this as well. Sure. You and I are biased because we are in the same division as the Rays. But my brother said this. I, I thought it was interesting because he's a Mets fan. You'd think he'd be rooting for the Rays. Yeah, sure. And um, like a lot of people on social media, I saw retweeting this. They basically were saying that the Rays are actually a pretty hard team to root for. And their reasoning was my brother helped me like understand this a little bit better. Okay. So he, for example, was like, every single thing about them is boring. Like the way they play baseball obviously is boring. And we already knew this. Like the way the Tampa Bay Rays play baseball is not exactly good for the sport. But other than that, like super small market team, don't have like big, really any big names. And like even the smallest stuff, like their logo, the the their uniforms, apparently it makes it like really hard for a lot of people, like neutral parties to root for them. And I thought that was something like super, super interesting and definitely like played a role in the I'm, situation. I'm but. gonna 100% agree with Safe on this for once. Because mm. um, <laughs> first off, uh, he's absolutely right that with like the uniforms and everything, it, it's, they're not fun. Right. I, yeah. I remember when, because I remember I was a senior in college uh, when the Rays uh, shifted away from being the Devil Rays. Devil Rays, yeah. Towards the Rays. And they showed right. the first new the colors. And at the time, I was like, all right, like th- this doesn't look terrible. But the problem is, I am someone who, when uh, playing MLB The Show, playing the Rays especially, I put on the old Devil Rays uniforms for that. Right. Much they, better. Those, those, uh, yeah, because, uh, I mean, I'm also biased because I love obnoxious colors. <laughs> but... Yeah. But yeah, it's it's not just that. The Rays, they're just, they hit 238 as a team this year. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why people, oh, they're such a good hitting team. No, they got hot. Oh, absolutely. No, Josh, and that, that's like yeah. a good segue into something that I was going to mention at some point. My, my dad and I were talking like two days ago, and yeah. I had been telling him like, even before the World Series started, I was like, you're going to call me biased, but dude, like, this is not a lineup that can just win you world series or like continuously win you world series like dude brandon lau was the best regular season hitter on that lineup like that's kind of no knock on lau he's good but yeah it it just goes to show anybody can go cold in the playoffs yeah for sure and they're saying oh analytics this analytics that yeah analytics are kyle newman said this in the in the esny slack baseball chat the other day analytics strip a player down to their core and as a team they give you a good idea of how to win over the course of a regular season. Mm-hmm. But in terms of strategy, they don't really do anything. Right. It's, it's like, yeah, you, the numbers may say one thing, but if the team's on a cold streak or a player's on a cold streak, it doesn't matter. Of course. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, an- 100%. Analytics, analytics as a statistic, they are saying that on a good day, this is what you can expect the best of this one player to be. Yeah. Like Zach Britton. On a good day, he's Mr. Ground Ball. He's hitting, inducing lots of soft contact. You know you're probably going to have an easy inning. But they also, but the bare analytic numbers don't account for the days when he can't find the zone and walks a lot of guys. Right. He leaves his finger up in the zone. Yeah, exactly. Like now, the point of all this, folks, is that in Game Six, because of analytics, let's call a spade a spade. Kevin Cash cost Tampa Bay the series. Mm 
Like, I can't sugarcoat it. He yeah, no, that, that was a terrible move. I know you're going to get mad at me, but, you know, I, I immediately when he did that, I was like, haha, Kevin Cash pulled an Aaron Boone. No. But, um, um, no, 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 stop it right there. No. I so am going to say okay. this about Aaron Boone. Look, Aaron Boone, look, I will say it. In 2020, Aaron Boone was a little skittish with the bullpen and how okay. he managed it. Okay. And I don't necessarily blame him because Zach Britton got hurt. You're right. The bullpen was much weaker. Yeah. yeah. Zach Britton got hurt. We didn't have Tommy Canley. That makes it uh, that much more difficult to build the bridge to Araldis Chapman. Mm-hmm. That's like instead of building a bridge with solid oak wood, you're building it with Legos. Yeah, fine. or or an erector set. Mm-hmm. For all, as much as we knock Aaron Boone about his bullpen management lean, I will say this about him: except for a couple of points this season, I have never, never, ever seen him go to the mound and take a starter out when he was otherwise lights out. He he did it to Masahiro Tanaka once this year in Atlanta, and Tanaka said the tank's empty. I can't go anymore. All right, well, Tanaka knows his, knows his body better than anybody else, so who are we to question that? Jay Happ, uh, he was dealing against the Mets. It was the eighth inning at work, and he, his pitch count was getting up there. As much as we like to knock Aaron Boone, he would never do what Blake Snell did to Bla- what, what Kevin Cash did to Blake Snell in game no, six. That's true. I think it was just like it, it was easy for some people, including me, to compare the two scenarios because – Aaron Boone made what turned out to be an incredibly costly decision in, you know, game two right. of, uh, yeah, yeah, with, um, with Davey Garcia, Jay Happ, that uh, debacle, but with, no, no, I, I agree yeah. with you. If like, you know, the, the starting pitcher was like dealing had just given up like two hits total had 10 strikeouts. He wouldn't have done that. I don't think so either. But, right. Yeah. Um, but Kevin Cash, we've seen this all season. John boy did a great breakdown of this on his YouTube channel. If you, if you haven't seen it yet. And that goes for you too, Lean. Hmm. Um, the justification was Kevin Cash. He's married to this concept of, oh, third time through the order. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they show that Snell, he's not that bad the third time through the order. The, like, right. the, the OPS jump that everyone gets scared of, it's basically a wash between mm-hmm. the second and third time. It's, it's such a small difference for, uh, in terms of points. And Mookie Betts, who they took uh, Snell out because uh, Betts was coming up, Mookie Betts, he's not that good the third time seeing a starter. Mm-hmm. He struck out twice. He gets progressively worse. And we knew that this season he was time. having a serious problem against left-handed pitching as yep. well. Yep, he did so, the most damage yeah. against righty fastballs. Right. Who comes in? Nick Anderson, who's a righty who throws gas and hasn't been having a very good postseason. Yes, exactly. And this is what I've been saying. This moment right now, Lean, has to be a referendum on bullpenning. Josh, actually, speaking of which, can I say something that you you actually noted this? And for me, I was like, I feel like I was the only one who noticed this, and I'm happy that I wasn't. Okay. In the group chat, you were like, um, the Tampa Tampa's bullpen is very strange because they don't. It's kind of just like um, like a mess. They don't have a certain person yeah. for each role. Yeah, you're right. And I had been noticing that so like frequently. It's great. Like Nick Anderson during the regular season, for the most part, he's their closer, yep. and he's just coming in whenever Kevin Cash wants to put him in, and right. just no one has like a designated role. Like as good right. as your bullpen is, that's gonna cause problems eventually. Here, because it's because in the similar vein, because you hit it spot on. Here's what I said uh, in contrast to that. Now, game six, the Dodgers also did a bullpen game. Yeah. Here's the difference: 
Dave Roberts, you can tell by who he, by the order of the, the, uh, the, the pitchers used by the Dodgers. Dave Roberts knew exactly who he was going to go to and when. Yeah. People are saying, oh, why isn't Kenley Jansen up there? You're, uh, uh, Urias, he was, he was lights out. Right. He was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was controlling the zone. He was yeah. just as good as he, as he looked when he started game four. There was no reason to go to Kenley Jansen. Who Plus, was, Roberts, who like, he did exactly. Like, Roberts did what Cash failed to do. Cash, when he brought in Anderson, yep. like, the whole thing was a debacle. But also, what you just said, he didn't take into account the fact that Anderson had been struggling mightily the entire postseason. Yep. Kenley Jansen has had not been good. He was having a bad playoffs. Roberts did take that into consideration and didn't bring him in, you know? So... Mm -hmm. Like, if Cash had just done that and didn't focus so much on his plan, then who knows what would have happened, Yeah, Because the, the Yankees do the exact same thing. We saw when they ran the opener last year. Chad Green opened, followed by Nestor Cortez or David Hale, and then yeah. in a blowout, go to Luis Sessa either way, whether you're winning or losing. Right. But, if you're, but if it's a close game, it's Green, Cortez or Hale, and then the ARs. Yeah. You have a strategy. You don't just yes. spin the race. They spin the wheel. Yes, yes. Times. That's what I used to love about the Yankees up until this year. Again, it's hard to blame them because of injuries and stuff. But yeah, it was nice because you know exactly what they're going to yeah. do. It's like, yeah, like this guy's going to come out here, you know, and it's just, yeah, the Rays failed to do that. And it just came back to bite now, them. Now that said, I understand why the Rays do what they do, because in any bullpen game, even if, even if the Yankees have a set routine of who's going to pitch, it forces batters on the fly to change their approach in a short amount of time when they yeah. don't know when the next guy is coming. For sure. And the Rays, by pretty much spinning the wheel and, and interchanging guys in different roles, it lets them maintain unpredictability. Mm -hmm. But as we, saw, as we saw it in the World Series, guys were tired. Yeah. James yeah. Anderson, like Nick Anderson, he lost complete control of the zone. Mm -hmm. uh, Pete Fairbanks, who's a, a good young arm, who I think has starter potential. He could also be a closer, but the, the Rays got to pick it. Right. This is a team that has some great young arms. I'm not denying that, but unless you guys, unless the Rays establish clear defined roles going forward and stop trying to be cute with this bullpen stuff, these are players who are going to leave the Rays and struggle on other teams. Uh -huh. like, because these are guys who are used to doing things a certain way. And then all of a sudden, we don't know how many miles they're going to have on those arms by the time they go to another team hit free agency or wash out of the league entirely. I don't know what's going to happen, right. but all of a sudden you have to adjust your routine and get used to pitching uh, only every few days, as opposed to every couple of days. Oh no, you're our seventh inning guy in close games. You're a setup guy. You're a closer. That's going to mess with some guys. I don't know. Of course. You know, I'm, I'm totally with you there. It's a really good point. Yeah. And like what the Rays have done, definitely impressive. And it's crazy to see a team like that get this far. But, you know, that's also going to come with its serious flaws. And that's the reason the Dodgers are celebrating and right now. I'm sorry. Kevin Cash needs to be raked over the coals over this. Because he's not only a great baseball mind, he is a former Major League Baseball catcher. Yeah. Yeah. You should know better than anybody when a starter is dealing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Good Lord. Now, now Michael K says, oh, no, blame the front office because this proves that you don't need to put a baseball guy in a dugout anymore. That, that's a little extreme. I yeah. think that at this point, teams need to take a serious look at analytics and bullpenning, go back and look at scenarios where analytics arguably cost them games. Yeah, for and sure. And then reassess. 
the thing like analytics are definitely super important. I'm glad they're here. They're very helpful in assessing players, but everything, bro, everything in moderation. And that's the Rays have suffered because they didn't follow that model. Right, right. And I stand by the fact that in a 162 game season, I don't think this Rays team gets to the World Series. They've, oh, they've, oh, I no, no, I'm with you, bro. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. now, and now the question is, how good is Randy Rosarena going to be going forward? Oh yeah, and yeah. no, I was in my uh, in one of my Yankees group chats. A guy was yeah. like, we were talking about how great Rosarena was playing, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, everyone's being so dramatic. This dude is going to be completely washed and like barely in the league in a few years. Okay. I thought that was well, funny because like, who who knows? You know, he could end up being look, a superstar or there's look, yeah. there's a lot of good. There's very rarely great. Oppositely, yeah. there's very rarely terrible. Yeah. Randy or Rosarena probably falls somewhere in the middle between the two. We just know we just don't know on which side and by how much yet. Right. Yeah. Of the course. sample size is way too small. I think that he is a phenomenal fastball hitter. Oh yeah. yeah. I think that he is the kind of guy who, if you want to give him a pitch up on the zone, uh, if that's a gamble you want to take, go right ahead. Yeah. But I think that. As great, as great a postseason as he had, I think towards the end, enough guys kind of figured him out. Oh, he can't hit the slider da- uh, down. Mm-hmm. He can't hit mm-hmm. the changeup down. Okay, great. Now, he's if, if he dedicates a lot of time to working on that, then he can be oh, like, yeah, 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 very dangerous. Of, of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, a great World Series. I'm glad Dave Roberts and Clayton Kershaw finally got their ring. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. And, and that's aside from the fact that the, excuse me, that the Rays were in the World Series. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God, just saying their names is making me all burpy and gassy. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, now it's time, folks, for the New York Yankees payroll talk. We did the we did the Mets last week. And so Lean with the Yankees, who are you kicking us off with? All right. Yeah, let's just go down the list of like contract people, among others. Um sure. first one, it's not really a contract issue, and we have talked about him before, but I think it's worth noting because of all the drama. I have yeah. a Domingo Herman. I don't know if we want to like talk about him briefly. Uh, yeah. So this is I'm actually glad you brought him up. So a story came out um, from the Dominican Republic. Uh, their uh, the team Toros del Este. Uh, their manager is a man named Lino Rivera, I believe. He said to the Dominican sports media that Gary Sanchez, Miguel Andujar, and Domingo Herman would all be coming down to play Dominican winter yeah. ball uh, for him. Mm-hmm. I think that um, Herman is going to tremendously benefit from this because yeah, he didn't because he didn't play uh, at all in 2020, mm-hmm. and his future with the Yankees is undoubtedly very unsure. Mm-hmm. I think that on opening day he will be a Yankee. Still, mm-hmm. I just don't know what the role is, but uh, I think that by playing Dominican winter ball and getting some more miles on that arm. It helps the Yankees trade him. So yeah. I and he's not going to be very very costly. He's going to make he'll probably if he makes a million dollars in twenty twenty one I'll be surprised. Mm-hmm. But he's twenty eight years old. He can pitch. He has a really good curveball. Um, and when he's not getting all up in his feelings, he is very talented. Even though he does have some off field issues, but off field issues aside, I think that he has run out of goodwill with the Yankees, especially after saying, oh, I'm done with baseball. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, so I think Herman, it's his first year of arbitration. They'll give him a very small contract and then try very hard to move him. Yeah, um, I agree with everything that you said. Uh, I definitely, 
Personally, and I've talked about this before, I don't like Herman for a variety of issues. His off-field baggage definitely doesn't help. But right. also, like I have said, I do think that he's overrated. Um, I don't trust him to be like a top starter for the Yankees at all. And I prefer, even before this stuff happened, I still wanted the Yankees to try to deal him. So I guess this might be like a, a blessing in disguise. I don't know. But I completely agree with what you said that him going to the DR to get some like playing time and especially since he didn't play at all this past year uh right. that's really important and it'll help boost his trade value for sure 100 percent. So, yeah so I'm yeah, gonna he, he, he also got very lucky in 2019 when you talked about you think he's overrated because he, right. he had a an era 4.03 fit 4.72 so right. so he's definitely a little prone to hard contact um but yeah. when he's spinning his fastball and the curveball's biting then he's you oh no! Of course, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Like he's a he's a good pitcher. I just right. don't like when people were out here putting him in the same tier as like Severino, for example. Okay, slow like, your I'm, roll. I'm slow your roll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no. All right. Next, Next on the docket. So this is not a contract thing, but it's a prospect who might get a shot. Luis Gill. I don't know, like if you think that he's ready or not, because he was on the. You, he was at the alternate site this year, and there was a chance that we would have seen him. Right. Actually, you know Let's throw in Luis Medina as well into Medina, that. Medina, Medina, yeah. Oh, it's Medina. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Luis Gill, 22, uh, 22-year-old prospect, right-handed pitcher from the DR. He spent uh last he spent twenty nineteen across two levels of A ball, five and five, two point seven two ERA, twenty starts, uh, and oh man. 123 strikeouts in 96 innings. Okay, so he's one of those guys. He's someone here who he needs to cut the walks down. 4.4 walks per nine to 11 and a half Ks per nine. Yeah. So I think that now that said, I don't know how much you've listened to R2C2 recently. Apparently, CC Sabathi is a big fan of this kid. Oh, really? Yeah. That's dope. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's either, it's one of the Luis. It's, it's either Gil or Medina, but one of them he's a big fan of. Okay. And CC, I'm not going to, if he says the kid's good, I'm going to trust him. Yeah. And the Yankees, they, it's good that they have these young arms, but again, this guy hasn't pitched above a ball. Right. I mean, obviously it was, they, they, they wouldn't have like, you know, been named to the 40 man uh, roster if it wasn't for COVID or anything like that. But right. um, like, I don't know. I feel like if the Yankees continue to not have a lot of arms next year, maybe they would give them a look. I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, and this kid, Luis Medina, he is nowhere close to ready. 29th. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. For, yeah. First off, he's only 21. Okay. Uh, and in 2019. Where is he? Single A, double A? Glad you asked. Uh, across 2019, two levels of A ball. He played at Charleston and in Tampa. Okay. One and eight in 22 starts, 5.47 ERA, 11 Ks per nine, 6.1 walks per nine. He walked, he walked 70 hitters in 103.2 innings. Wow. Yeah, he gave up less than a hit per inning, but he gets murdered by walks. Oh, yeah. No, he, he needs time in that case. That's not good. Yeah, yeah. Nine, nine hit batters. Maybe it's yips, but the good news is he and Gil, they're 20. They got time. The Yankees aren't in a rush. Oh, they're the same age. Now. Uh, no, um, they're Medina's 21, Gil's 22. Yeah, I had a feeling Gil was older. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, yeah, I, I, okay, then yeah, in that case, I definitely, I already wasn't really like, you know, I was leaning towards them getting some more time and right. uh, the minors then coming up. But yeah, I guess this is confirmation that that needs to happen. Yeah, um, the, the Yankees aren't going aren't gonna to rush any of their prospects until they're ready. I right. mean, having Garrett Cole in the rotation, that's, that's a ginormous luxury. Of course. It kind of yeah. gives the guys time to develop. Uh, anyway, moving on. Next. Yeah, um, let, let's, I guess, talk another prospect, Clark Schmidt. Clark Schmidt, definitely keep him around. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely got, um, based on watching him this year, because this year in his uh, two brief stints with the big league club, he, he wasn't ready. He got oh, rushed. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we don't know what minor league baseball is going to look at, look like next year, but I think yeah. Clark Schmidt, it's not just a certainty he'll start in the minors, it's a must he has to start in the minors. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. the stuff is there. He just... Yeah. We've said this about Domingo Herman uh, between 2018 and 2019. Mm-hmm. Clark Schmidt has a lot of talent. He still needs to learn how to pitch. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. throw, pitch. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. He, he doesn't have a third pitch quite yet. He's got a fastball. He's got a good curveball, but he needs that third pitch to make a difference. Yeah. And, and where his three pitches are right now, hitters are jumping on them. They got, my guy got lit up by the Marlins. Right, right. No, I, I'm just, I'm hoping that the Yankees don't really, won't need to use him next year because the more time, he, if he like does a full season, let's say like minor league baseball is normal next year. Right. Let's say he gets a full season in the minors. I think he'll be more than ready for like the season after that. I don't even think he needs a full season in the to minors. To be honest, yeah, yeah. Because we know this kid. He's a diligent athlete. He takes his work very seriously, yeah? right. So I think that when it comes to Clark Schmidt, he's going to have an off-season throwing program. He's going to be in constant communication with Matt Blake and all his other pitching coaches. Mm-hmm. He is going to come to spring training next year with some new tips, some new tricks. And if the Yankees need help in July, maybe he'll be good enough down at Scranton to come up and make a difference and be ready then. Man, I just really, really hope that minor league baseball has a season because like, for reasons like this, we're going to need them to – it's, yeah. it's going to be so important for those like borderline kids, the ones who just need like a few games in the minors and then will be major league ready. Yeah. Cause Clark Schmidt, he's going to be 25 next year. I'm not saying the clock is running out. It's not, it is not close to running out, right. but uh, in term given COVID his put up or shut up window is closing fast. Yeah. 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 Moving um, on. Okay. So yeah, that's Schmidt. All right. Next up Jay Happ. Not even a contest. Let him walk. Yeah. Okay. He's good he's there. about to turn thirty eight. His seventeen million dollar option is not going to vest. Yeah. And the Yankees, they're unless they are absolutely desperate and lose out on both Paxton and Tanaka, who we'll talk about later. Yeah. I don't see Hap coming back. And given how he and Cash were kind right, of like right, right. were kind of like sniping at each other in the press over the option, I don't think Hap wants to come back. I think that he. Yeah. I think that he has. He doesn't trust the front office anymore. No, for sure. I mean, we we discussed this pretty extensively like two weeks ago, I think. So like yeah. our listeners know our thoughts. But yeah, I'm with you there. I don't want him back. And I don't think he will or should come back. So. Right. I, I think that honestly, the best thing that Hap can do to, to really like get at the Yankees, he owns a home in Clearwater, sign a one-year contract with the Rays. <laughs> oh my gosh. Imagine. <laughs> it's like Stone Cold turning on the rock. And they would totally, like, sign him, I feel like. Yeah. Um, okay, next up, this one's a little contentious. Tommy Canely. 
Uh, all right. So this um, is this isn't really like a next year thing. This is like a one his contract runs out thing. I think that with Tommy Canely, the Yankees would do it would be doing themselves. And this is taking COVID finance financial losses out of the equation entirely. Mm-hmm. I think that regardless of those losses, the Yankees would be doing a tremendous disservice to themselves if they didn't re-sign Tommy Canely. Yeah. But like, okay, so I I have the same opinion as you. I think Tommy Canely is like arguably our most important reliever at the moment um and you know he's super crucial to the team and we saw what happens to this bullpen when he's not there but i will play devil's advocate what if he is not the same after he comes back then that's a risk that's a real that's a really good point and here's why i think um it's still okay to resign him first off there's precedent we talked about nathan avaldi a little while ago Mm-hmm. After he needed Tommy John with the Yankees, the Rays signed him to a one-year deal with an option. So they said, hey, we'll, hey, we'll, we'll backload the deal accordingly, rehab with us, and let us see where you're at. And then so when it's time for you to come back, we can start seeing, okay, what do you need to do? How are you going to get the best out of yourself? Yeah. And I think that Canely already has such a positive relationship, not just with the organization, because remember, the Yankees drafted him. Yeah, right. Um, he has a positive relationship with the organization and the coaching staff. To the point where I think that they'll find some sort of arrangement so that, yeah, if he does lose that high 90s fastball, that's all fine and dandy. It's if the changeup keeps working. Mm-hmm. So if he can, okay, let's say that his fastball velocity drops from, let's say, 98 down to, down to 95, 96. Okay. A, that's still pretty good. Right, that's not even bad. <laughs> um, and we've already seen in real time how good Matt Blake is at teaching guys to spin their fastballs so the spin rate ups and it looks faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. James Paxton, he was barely yeah. touching 93 on the gun. Then all, of a su- then all of a sudden, uh, he starts looking good again. It's because he's spinning the fastball accordingly. Right. Same thing with Jay Happ. That's why he looks so good. He spun his two-seamer accordingly. Right, exactly. I think that with Tommy Canely, if you can just get a year of him to rehab, and then if, the, if he's not the same going into the second year where you pick the option up, it's a movable contract. There's going to mm-hmm. be at least one team out there that needs a bullpen arm that will say, hey, let us have Tommy Canely. Here's what we're here's what we're willing to pay. Great, done deal. Yeah, no, I'm 100 percent with you there. Yeah, yeah, I'll be pretty bummed if they don't uh, hold on to him. But yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's Tommy Canely. All right, now I guess we can do. Uh, yeah, let's let's go, James Paxton. Okay, I have racked <laughs> my I have racked my brain over this six ways to Sunday, dude. And here is where um, I think I think what has to, what the Yankees need to do. James Paxton, since coming over from the Mariners, you and I will agree, he really hasn't been as advertised. Yes. He had, uh, that's not to take away from his hot streak at the, at the end of 2019. Oh, yeah, we're not saying he's bad. Like, yeah. for sure, yeah. Yeah, he just, like, he hasn't been, like, the solid, like, number two, like, ace right. in emergency that we thought he'd be. Yes. Um, but here's what's going on with Paxton. He didn't, he was starting to turn things around this year, but then hurt his elbow. Yeah. Um, and, he's, and it's his contract here. We've already seen with all the guys, Colton Wong got his, got his option declined right. and Brad Hand, the Indians put him on waivers. Yeah. So we all know that owners are not looking to spend this off season. Yeah. Uh, now that said, the qualifying offer this year is $18.9 million. Mm-hmm. I do think that Paxton, if you were to hit the open market, is one of the few who would generate a, or who would get a contract that would be a multi-year deal, albeit not with a, not with a high uh, AAV, average annual value. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that 
if the Yankees were to extend him the qualifying offer, he should take it. Don't leave that money on the table. Yeah. That said, some are saying, oh, well, the Yankees might decline the offer. I think the Yankees don't have a choice but to offer him the QO mm-hmm. because what's the, what's the starting rotation next year? Garrett Cole is a sure thing. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, probably David Garcia. What if Masahiro Tanaka doesn't resign? Half's yeah. not coming back. Yeah. And, and Severino's not going to be ready not, until like July or something. Yeah. And that's being optimistic. Yeah. So you're going to need an arm in that rotation. Now, are you taking the risk that Paxton could blow out his elbow and need Tommy John surgery? Yes, right. you absolutely are. But that's why contracts are insured. And so I think that the Yankees, it's, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say they'd be doing themselves a disservice like they would if they let Tommy Canley walk, but take the temperature of your rotation, figure out how much money uh, you're willing to like not spend because yeah you're going to need to fill the back end of that rotation somehow. And no. James Jackson is, is more than just the competent arm. The guy threw a no-hitter. He usually owns the Red Sox. Hmm. So I don't know why you want to run the risk of losing that, potentially to a division rival. It's a, it's a really tricky situation because, again, yeah. Paxton is another guy that we've talked about, but, like, I personally definitely not a big fan of his, but like everything, it's very hard to argue with any point that you just said. The Yankees are, the rotation is not, as it stands right now, is not the best. And you can, you need all the help that you can get. And like you said, Paxson's not, does he's not J-Hap. You know, the dude he's like- not J-Hap. He, he would be a number two on a good amount of teams, you know? Yeah, maybe a high-end three. Yeah, right. And on a a super small market team, he's a low tier ace. Right. No, exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. I I think I do the same if I'm you, like if I'm, excuse me, if I'm the Yankees, uh, I, uh, I I extend the qualifying offer, but offer the qualifying offer because worst case scenario, he signs elsewhere. You get the draft pick. Yeah. 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 It's a win-win situation. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. I just think that given how teams are going to be spending less as it is, I mean, we'll, I mean, we, you never know. We'll probably see uh, Masahiro Tanaka and DJ LeMay who take the qualifying offer for all we know. Uh, speaking of Tanaka, let's just bounce right into him if you're... Tanaka, the, Yan- the Yankees had... Like, I saw something maybe from NBC Sports the other day um, that they're going to prioritize LeMay, but that Tanaka is also on the radar. I think that the Yankees, they got to resign Tanaka. Yeah. He's not, not going to make $22 million a year, yeah. nor should he. That's but the I, thing you and I kept saying, like he shouldn't make anything in the ballpark of like twenty million. But it's at the point where, like what you were saying about the market, I don't think he would make tw- around twenty million basically anywhere. Right. Because so, yeah. look, even though the Yankees lost a lot of money from lack of fans in attendance this year, they're still the New York Yankees. They're right. they still got a lot of money of attached to that name. Mm-hmm. So I think that. When push comes to shove, I don't see any harm in extending the qualifying offer to all the guys who apply for it, mm-hmm. namely LeMahieu and Tanaka and uh, Paxton. But Tanaka, he's this year aside when he was tipping pitches, he is a monster in the playoffs. He's a very reliable starter. He can eat innings. He's good for at least a shutout a year. Yeah. Bring him back. Like, yeah. you have. A hundred percent. I'm with yeah. you there. I'm going to be really Don't, don't do to Tanaka what you did with Andy Pettit. Yeah, stop. Don't don't make, don't make eighteen year seventeen year old me cry on a school field trip. Please, please I don't want to talk about that, bro. Oh yeah, that, that that actually that actually happened, by the way. God, I mean, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I I cried too. I don't. Yeah. Like, I re- I remember I was on my I was yeah twelfth grade, 
middle of the, it was like, yeah, it was December. I am on like a, the model UN field trip with like a teacher and like six or seven other classmates. We arrive at the hotel in Boston and I get like, and I get like a text from my friend that says, Oh, oh uh, Andy, Pettit, Andy Pettit's with the Astros. And I just go, yeah. Um, I gotta go to the ba- I gotta go to the bathroom downstairs. I'll uh, I'll be right back. And I just sat in a stall and I just cried for like five minutes. It was it was so bad. Oh, that's awful timing too. <laughs> yeah, I feel for you. Yeah, and I mean, in the meantime, I'm I'm texting my uh, my high school girlfriend who's also I think, was it my high school girlfriend or somebody else? I can't remember. I'm I'm texting a female friend of mine, uh, who's also a big Yankees fan. How upset I am, and she goes, "Wait, no, no, you're lying. You're lying." Oh, and she goes, oh my God, no, I'm crying. And I just write back, me too. Oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it was I, rough. Yeah, I know, man. I know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Oh, okay. today, uh, don't make Yankees fans cry, Brian Cashman, because that that's not a good thing. Yeah. Moving facts. on. Don't uh, make next up, cry. Eric Kratz. That... <laughs> Sorry. Look, okay. I know that a lot of members of Yankees Twitter love Eric Kratz. He's he's so cute with Davey Garcia. I can't wait to play catch with my son. Yeah. So he's not coming back. If he <laughs> if he's willing to take a minor league deal, great. Yeah. But that he's he if he wants to be the emergency third catcher and still thinks he could go at 40, 41 years old, that's fine. Right. But like don't don't make a grand effort to sign him. Yeah, well, I mean, if, I, don't, I don't think they would, but yeah. Look, if, okay. if he wants to come back and sit in the minors and work with young guys, great, because he, he's a future manager, let's be honest. Right. But, but like, no, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I so, love Kratz, but yeah, definitely not a priority by any not. means. Yeah. And if Carlos Mendoza gets a manager's job, hire him. Right, yeah. Hire him as the new bench coach. Um, our next sub, DJ LeMayhew. Yeah, this, this should be, in my opinion, this should be the Yankees' number it, one priority. It's automatic. He's a deadly hitter. He's the reigning AL batting champion. He yeah. wants to stay here. He is said as such. Right. And and like I said, I think that if Brian Cashman, because Brian Cashman's a very honest guy, right? He's very transparent. Like he's no, he's a no BS type of dude. Right. I have a feeling that maybe he'll say to Lemayhew, Tutanaka, to all these QO guys, look, we really can't be spending big money in free agency this year. How about we we extend you guys the qualifying offer for next year? You take it, and then after next year, we can actually sit down and negotiate a proper long term deal that you actually deserve. I'll be so happy if that happens. Yeah. Now, I, now, like now granted, at, like wish in one hand, like do you know what in the other, and see what see what gets filled first. But at the same time, like I like to think that Cashman's a decent enough guy that he would recognize how valuable LeMayhew is to the yeah. team that like, yeah. you don't want to gamble losing this guy at yeah. all. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree with what you said there. Okay. Last one. Pretty interesting, I guess. Brett Gardner. Uh, you, you go first. You go first. <laughs> My boy. My boy. Okay. So Gardner has an option, right? Yeah. Um, if I am, wait, how, how much is the option? Do you Seven know and a half mil. Seven and a half million. All right. If I am the Yankees, um, no, no, it's uh, it's ten million. Oh, it's ten million. All right. Yeah. Okay. Oh no 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 no. Sorry, it's seven and a half. I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No no ten no. They, no, uh, it's ten. I, 
Yeah, 10 on Spartan. Yeah, it's yeah, 10. 12, it's 10. 12 yeah, yeah, yeah. 10. I just showed yeah. now. Yeah, okay, okay. It's 10. Yeah. Okay, look, we might think that 10 is a lot, especially. This is so tricky, bro. I bring him back. I I bring Sorry. him back too, but not on the option. Yeah, probably I mean, not. I, I will, because I'm sorry, I'm not paying a fourth outfielder yeah. $10 million a year. Look, yeah. I, that's not, that's okay, not. Okay, okay, how much do you, how much do you pay him then? Between five and seven. Yeah. Yeah. I think seven, so between seven and seven and a half, I'm willing to do. For seven a and a half would be my absolute ceiling. Right, yeah. Yeah, five million is my floor. I'm not going any higher than seven and a half million. And I'll be honest with you, as much as they love Brett Gardner and it's something that infuriates a lot of fans, I feel like they're going to decline the option, Josh. What about you? I think they absolutely are going to decline the option and renegotiate another one-year deal with him because he doesn't really want to go anywhere else. Yeah, of course. And like, I'm sorry, like, let's be honest here. Brett Gardner was like pretty valuable at times, especially in the playoffs, bro. Like he was overall one of the better hitters, shockingly. He can can still work decent enough at bats. He's a good, uh, he's a good glove to have in the outfield. Of course. But his, his bat has gotten to the point where even though he, he, was slugging home runs left and right in 2019. Yeah. Let Quinn Frazier do it, man. He's a gold glove finalist. But no, I'm still I'm still gonna praise though. Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree. I think we're at a point where Clint Frazier is like, you know, has earned a starting spot over Brett Gardner. But but Gardner was great in the playoffs. Like he did everything that was at he didn't just work it at bats and played good defense. The dude was hitting so and yeah. was hitting better than <laughs> yeah, guys yeah. shooting. And he and he hit that uh he hit a home run to to dead center in game one of the yeah that, that was so funny to the point where someone in, in one of my baseball group chats was like did Ricardo just go dead center right <laughs> and I'm like yes he did and it was great yeah dude uh but yeah I if you if you have to bring Gardner back just decline the option and renegotiate mm-hmm. a new one year deal because I I can't justify paying a paying a backup outfielder ten million a year. Yeah, especially if like, you're out here, like, I'm not going to bring James Paxton back because of money or whatever. You can't just, like, in the same sentence, be giving Brett Gardner. Right, yeah. yeah. You can only sound so much like Yankees Twitter in everyday life. <laughs> and that goes for you, too, with all your unfounded slander. That's, that's why I'm laughing. That's why I'm laughing. I knew you were directing that at me. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I was just saying that in general. But once you started laughing, I was like, yeah, okay, Hater, go ahead. No, I'm, gonna buy, I'm gonna buy Aaron Hicks Aaron Hicks's jersey just to spite you before or after he gets traded <laughs> I'm doing something to you on camera that I'm not gonna put on Twitter but you know exactly why I'm doing it oh, I'm showing my mom <laughs> <laughs> she probably hates me now <laughs> no, no no I'm gonna show my mom she's oh. not here right now okay yeah <laughs> so anyway oh, uh moving on next that's it, bro. Oh, that's it? Yeah, who, who else yeah, would you like to? We're not going to talk Zach Britton and his crazy contract situation? Oh, I mean, it's just because his contract isn't up or anything. That's why I didn't uh, mention it. Yeah, okay, so it's important to talk about this because we've got like maybe like 10, 15 minutes left, we should, so we should probably talk about this. So Zach Britton, ladies and gentlemen, signed a three-year deal with the Yankees worth about $13 million a year prior to the 2019 season. But here's the catch. Even though it is a three-year contract, uh, it contains an option that is as such. The Yankees have up until three days after the World Series, that's tomorrow, October 30th, to exercise a potential fourth year of the option. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the term for this in sports contract is called a swell opt. 
So oh, if the, you learn something so, new every day. Yeah. So if the Yankees don't pick up that option, Zach Britton has two options for himself. He can either play out the final year of his contract, make $13 million, or he can opt out of the deal. Mm. Now, first things first, the Yankees, COVID finances aside, I think they really need to pick up that option just because Zach Britton, even though he's in his early mid thirties right now, he's still really, really good. Yeah, of course. He had a, I think he posted a sub two ERA for the Yankees this year. Dude, he was our best reliever last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Britain in, yeah, 2020, 1.89 ERA in, in 20 appearances. Yeah. He was so, fantastic. Yeah. And he, he turns 33 in, in December. Mm-hmm. So I think that even, and even if the Yankees don't pick up the option, he's got to take the $13 million. He's got three kids, a fourth on the way, last I checked. Mm-hmm. And we already know there's not going to be a very active free agency this winter. Teams aren't right. going to spend money. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember I was listening to Sirius uh, the other day to Brian Windhorst podcast. The NBA is already talking about possibly withholding salaries and like deferring them. Yeah. Right. Just, just to like help cover losses. Baseball ha- is probably going to be doing, doing something very similar. Yeah. I mean, am I wrong? No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm, I totally agree with you there. As great as Zach Britton was, if I was him, I would totally, you know, just take the money. Um, he's not going to get much more elsewhere. No, I, um, I there might be a couple of teams willing to match it on a, on, let's say like a, a two year deal. With I mean, no, no, I said, I said much more, like, even if it's like a million or two more, I still think he well, stays. Well, look, look at it this way. If Zach Britton is going to leave the Yankees, he's only going to go to a place where he can be a closer, I'm guessing. And he could have left the Yankees after 2018 because they they were there. I think the Braves were willing. The Astros were were willing. There were plenty of teams out there willing to give him closer money. But he goes, no, I want to win with the Yankees and be the setup guy. Mm -hmm. And I think that I don't think that attitude has changed. I think that because he's a very smart dude. He's the team's union rep. He is going to know. Do I really want to leave thirteen million on the table? I don't think I do. Even, even if it's deferred a little bit, I got a good thing going on here. I like my I like my team. I like the coaching. If Zach Britton leaves the Yankees, I will be very surprised. To say yeah. yeah, 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 I, yeah. I'm totally with you there. That's honestly why I didn't even uh, part of why I didn't even think to bring him up. I feel like he's he's not gonna go anywhere. Hopefully, it's not wishful thinking. Yeah. Now, before yeah. we go, Lean, how are you feeling looking towards Monday Night Football when your New York Giants get inevitably shellacked by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? This is so embarrassing. Like, I, oh my gosh, I don't think you want me to go on a rant, bro. First of all, the Giants are get out angry. Here. I love it. Get it. I love it. Go, get angry. You're so annoying. You- um. <laughs> First of all, the, the Giants are out here on social media posting about how they're going to be like in their all white uniforms as if that's oh, going to yeah. solve their problems. Like, okay, you guys all look clean as hell, but are you kidding me? This is what we're worried about right now. And, <laughs> and there's a COVID outbreak, bro. Like, oh my God. Josh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's mind. right. One of their uh, O-linemen tested dude, positive. I dude, saw. Will Hernandez, who's garbage, mind you. Uh, Will Hernandez has COVID. And now I guess this is a good thing because one of our draft picks from this past season, Shane Lemieux, is going to come and take yeah. a spot. He, Shane Lemieux actually was one of the more intriguing draft picks for me. I'm very excited to see him play. So this might be like a good thing, but we don't actually know it. But that, it's still so embarrassing. Like what, what is going on? Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are out here partying for no yeah. reason. With and no then masks this on. happens. With no masks on, right. And then this happens. 
and the Giants stank. And they're playing primetime again against none other than freaking not washed Tom Brady and the Tampa, the highest scoring offense in the league. They're not going to have Chris Godwin at least. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, he busted his finger. No, I have him in fantasy. Oh, better hit the waiver wire. Oh my god. Anyway, oh. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we're I still got... gonna get lit up. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, I saw the COVID thing on Twitter today because um, oh, uh, ESNY's own uh, Jay Leach posted uh, posted about it. And man, the, the Giants are so bad, Stressed. dude. It's it's terrible. Stressed. It's it's so like, bad. They, like their fans, along with the Jets, they're like the. They're like the annoying youngest siblings of like the big NFL family. They're like, yeah, well, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. You haven't done anything in years. It's fine. Just go, go sit at your end of the thing. Okay, table. It's fine. that's totally fair. And like, I, you know, it's it's cool to dog the Giants and stuff, but you cannot group us with the Jets, bro. I have two rings. I've seen the Giants win more you than any of my other teams. That your defense bro. carried Eli to get. Okay. okay look, Let, you know what? I, do you know how many times I've had to deal with this Eli slander, bro? I'm not about to do it for the 100th time. Eli Manning is a Hall of Fame quarterback because he, his defense carried him twice. That's why. No. He, I would say he did a pretty decent job himself, a pretty Hall of Fame job himself. But, you know, that's fair. Okay, whatever. Yeah, whatever, I, Josh. I hey, at least my team has a franchise quarterback, okay? Please be quiet. Lamar Jackson's going to be out of the league in three years. Shut up. No, okay. I'm stop. actually a huge Lamar Jackson. I'm just repeating yeah. what the haters say. Like, my brother <laughs> hates Lamar Jackson. So He, he only hates Lamar Jackson because uh, he doesn't have jealous. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, exactly. He has he's freaking got... Carson Wentz, bro. I mean, Carson Wentz is good. I'm not going to I'm a Carson Wentz hater. I'm a big yeah. Carson Wentz hater. Yeah. I think he's incredibly overrated. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll have that conversation off the air another time. But anyway, <laughs> that's going to do it all today on Yankees Mets Express, folks. This has been ESNY Radio, part of Crossing Broad, the voice, the pulse of New York City sports. Uh, start next week. We're going to be shifting away from baseball, depending on what the news cycle is. But yeah, it's almost NBA draft time. My favorite time of year. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a terrible draft class this year. Uh, I'm not entirely I'm so not looking, looking forward, forward to it. To it right. but, uh, but we're going to have some fun NBA draft games that we're going to, that we're going to be playing uh, in the weeks leading up to it. Um, and yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at Josh B E S N Y at Lean underscore Amin. Yep. And uh, I'll be sure to post a picture of me as Darth Vader while recording. So you have to Hell look yeah. forward to as a podcast. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for listening, folks. And as always, uh, stay clear of the closing doors.